1: Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome, afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us, MileySports.com. You can reach us Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Someone is repping his Braves gear today. You have the A on the hat, you have the A on the jerseys, or an A anywhere else on you. No. Okay.
2: Yeah, went for wait, look. I went for Was the that a Scarlet
1: Letter reference? No, no, that'd be a Scarlet nice. L. But very nice. No, but L. in
2: the novel, The Scarlet Letter. I'm familiar. Yes. yes I, 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 I appreciate I, Danny bringing a literary reference to our day, Nathaniel Hawthorne.
1: Right. Yes. Right. But
2: uh, no, no, I just, just felt it was, you know, this is our last show of the year. It is. So I thought I would uh, wear a little something in honor of the world champions in Major League Baseball.
1: No, that's not why you wore it. You wear that stuff every day. No, I don't wear you it every day. You would have worn something different had you been celebrating the final show of the year.
2: No, this is li- that was literally what I thought. Last show of the year, I figured I'd wear, wear the gear of the 2021 World Series Champions. That is literally what I thought, where's regardless
1: your, of what you may think. Where's your uh, hoodie or hat that says World Series Champs? I wore it yesterday. I didn't see yesterday right
2: because I did it remotely I was a Mm. for two days out of an abundance of caution I was a shut-in I'm not saying I really uh, I that I want to be a shut-in but I'd say for for a couple of days it wasn't the worst thing in the world okay
1: being a shut-in well I'm, I'm glad you're here uh, you got COVID tested today. You tested negative. negative. Yes. Uh, as Danny said, uh, we were both cheering for you to test, not necessarily positive, but we were hoping to catch a break from you all week. But you're here, and we'll sorry to ruin your par- sorry to ruin your party. You no. know, I mean, you won't, it, you won't ruin it on Friday uh, because you'll be there. Yeah, and because I tested negative. By the way, are you coming over early to watch one of the championship games? Um, yeah, probably. Probably. We're two days away. Or at least
2: like or at least like at halftime.
1: No, no, I'm talking there's two championship games. Yes, right. Semifinals. Yeah. Yeah. The first one, you're gonna watch at your house. I know yes. that. Because yeah. you're a shut in. I'm talking yeah. the second one starts at five thirty. Okay. Oh, what? I'll be there at the start of it. Yeah. I, I yeah. was
2: for some reason I was on East Coast time thinking three thirty and uh and 7.30 for the start times yeah, because I keep promoting them that that's way. That's
1: funny because I called for it to be um, at 6.30 but I would like you to show up at 1.30 in the morning because I'm on UK time. Time now for the lead.
0: <laughs> the lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. You
2: just have so much crap talking built up that now it's just all coming out in a, in a tsunami here because I, I wasn't here the last couple of days. I feel like you're making up for lost
1: time. No, no. I'm just saying that Danny and I have enjoyed the last couple of shows. Yeah. A lot, really. But I digress. I enjoy every show. Thank you, Danny. As, as do I. I wasn't saying because you weren't here. But
2: you're saying you really enjoyed the last couple of shows. Because I thought door, we had really, really good enjoyed. shows. I thought we had great they shows. They were really good shows, but I thought... Why are you getting all paranoid on me? No, I'm just saying.
1: Have you been smoking pot? No. Okay, just chat. I was just a shut-in. I wasn't smoking pot. <laughs> 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 all right, Vic Fangio. <laughs> Uh, Not a formal announcement, but it looks like uh, Drew Locke's going to be starting his second straight game as Teddy Bridgewater still in the concussion protocol. Fangio also said four players entered the COVID protocol, including Tim Patrick and Caden Stearns, who won't be able to play against the Chargers. So with the Broncos more than likely not to make the playoffs for a sixth consecutive year, who would you rather see start if both quarterbacks were available? I mean they're not both available. They're not
2: both available and just given the nature of the concussion that Teddy Bridgewater absorbed, I would I'm gonna use the phrase abundance of caution again. Okay. I wouldn't blame the rest of the way. Let's say he was cleared.
1: Remember, this is sports talk radio. Yes. Let's well, say he was I don't cleared. know This is sports talk radio. They may not. They may be listening on their app and they're thinking it's sports app radio they're watching on MileHighSports.com, or, or
2: maybe they're thinking it's a uh, health radio because we're talking about
1: medical conditions i'm sure people are probably yes. thinking that let's say for the sake of argument vic comes out and says i'm not sure who's going to start even though teddy's been cleared who would you rather see start knowing the broncos chances are really less than one percent
2: at this point i think you, you play in general play the kids yeah. play young guys wherever possible correct so play drew lock and and one of the reasons you play him is is trade value. Can you elevate his trade value a little bit?
1: No, oh, you're so cold-hearted. It's all about dumping him, isn't it? Well, I mean... Wasn't it more fun, though, honestly, watching Locke on Sunday than it has been Teddy for, not the entire season, not a good part of the season, but recently? Wasn't it at least more fun... To watch him actually throw the ball down the field and have a chance, even though his wide receivers and tight ends were dropping it all over the place. I mean,
2: Teddy Bridgewater threw it downfield to Cortland Sutton the week before it got dropped. It was basically six of one, half a dozen of the other. I think Locke I was, was a little bit more fun to watch. Yeah, just a little bit. More. You know what's you know what's fun to watch? Winning football. I
1: but but neither he was quarterbacks. football done
2: all around. So that's why I, it wasn't more fun to watch.
1: Not not for my eyes. Okay, with that. Okay, if it comes down to Locke playing the final two games of the regular season, do you think there is anything he can do to convince the Broncos or another team to A, bring him in or in the Broncos case, keep him to be the starter for next season? B, bring him in where it's a quarterback competition or C, bring him in kind of like Mitch Trubisky behind Josh Allen in Buffalo. Let's say he plays well. In the next two games, and he plays in the next two games. Are we looking at A, B, or C?
2: If the game plan for him looks like it did against the Raiders, which is heavy on play fake boot action, heavy on first read out of the shotgun, not really doing a lot with the whole field, it's only C. That That either he's coming back as a backup here or backup somewhere else.
1: I really can't listen.
2: I don't want another competition here. No,
1: I, I don't think you're going to see anything here. Yeah, I think they are going to trade him or something. I think they're going to rid the room and bring in some new. Uh, bring in a new cast of characters. Yeah, I believe they're going to do it. Here, probably
2: the room probably needs to be cleared. Yeah, here's completely.
1: The, yeah, and and you're including ripping in that too. I'm just
2: clear. I'm I'm clearing out every. I'm clearing out Teddy Bridgewater because you know who he is, and at this point you can because he because someone probably will pay him 15 to $20 million a year, right, right. I would just as soon bring in uh, Tyrod Taylor or Andy Dalton for a fraction of that if you have to have a bridge to a young guy. Right. I'd, and then just as far as I'm concerned, clearing out everything, everyone from the week of the Saints game last year that led to you playing without a quarterback, which I think probably has a lot to do with how Vic feels about Drew Locke. I think just, it's best to just Clear cut it and move on. Here's the thing,
1: I understand the Lockheads out there saying, "Look at how Pro Football Focus rated him." Those are numbers. You can argue numbers all day. I can argue numbers the other way if you want to. There were it,
2: there were numbers on both
1: sides of that, and you
2: put them all together, and it came out to a, an okay mid tier performance.
1: So here here's the deal. No, I wouldn't even. I'm sorry. I'll I'll be more critical. I would not even call it mid tier on Sunday. No, it was fine. It was not. He was not the 15th best quarterback in the league Sunday. Maybe he was because I don't watch all the games, but overall he was meh. My point is this. If you really believe Drew Locke should have been the quarterback this year, we should have seen improvement. Did we see improvement last week? If you're being honest with yourself, no. We saw what he did last year. He was just kind of there. We didn't see improvement. We certainly didn't see any type of improvement when he was filling in off the bench. We saw him regress in the last season. And we can sit and point the finger and play pin the tail on the Shermer all we want to. Because Shermer really hasn't had a lot of great game plans, not a lot of great play designs. But let's not conflate these two things. Locke isn't a starting quarterback in this league because of Pat Shermer, and that's the narrative that is trying to be run out there.
2: If anything, Drew Locke is going to be sort of the exception to the rule for Pat Shermer over the years because more often than not— He's made when, guys better. He's made guys better.
1: Keenum, Bradford— Jones. He wasn't
2: calling the plays for Foles, but he was working day to day on film with Nick Foles in Philadelphia. And like you said, even Daniel Jones was better with Pat Shermer as a rookie than he's been since then.
1: I've n- I-, I can't believe this is coming out of my mouth. There are no positives for COVID getting COVID. I'm just talking about getting it. Hopefully, you know, you're not hospitalized. I'm talking about what's going on in sports. I I can't remember hearing any player who has tested positive for COVID that has been hospitalized. So I'm referring to it in that vein. But we
2: know some have been really sick. I think Shelby Harris
1: was really sick. I understand that. There's no positive to anybody on the Broncos going in the COVID protocol. But it might be a positive for Drew Locke. And here's why. Tim Patrick's not going to play. Tyree Cleveland's not going to play. And that's going to limit Pat Shermer's options of three wide receiver sets. You might have to play two tight end more now. And that could be a very good thing for Drew Locke. You think he will, though? Uh, I love my I love me some Kendall Hinton. I think he's a gamer. He's a football player. I respect what he did against the Saints last year. And there was no hesitation to use him in three wide when Jerry Judy was out. I I understand that. I understand that. But please, Pat, don't be running out your three wide receiver sets of Hinton, Judy, and Sutton. Don't. Hinton made a nice transition from quarterback to wide receiver or vice versa, whatever you want to call it. You have an opportunity to run two two tight end sets now. So just do it. It's going to be better for Locke anyway. You know what? You might actually pick up a win, especially against a Chargers defense that is garbage.
2: Yeah. Now they're going to get some people back. Who's
1: from that? A lot of the guys that they missed it due to COVID. You're talking about the Broncos? The Chargers. No, the Chargers are losing a bunch too. Yeah,
2: but they're going to get a bunch of people that were... that were key to their loss last week back. yeah, but I don't think they'll be as
1: bad on defense, but they've been a shaky defense all year. Right, but they're losing three guys too. Chris Harris being one of them. Chris Harris is not playing. You saw the report of the three guys missing yesterday who are in the protocol. Yeah. Yeah. So listen. They're getting more back, but what I'm saying is they're getting more back than they're losing. All right, coming up after the break. Yesterday we talked about the top five national sports stories of the year. We both have our list, top five local stories of the year. I would say with mine yesterday for National, they were more malleable. I could have moved them up and down. I can see adding other things. I got to tell you, when I look at my list, not only do I feel good about my list, I feel good enough where I don't even move anything around, that I think this is as set as set can be, and this is the way it should be for everybody. That includes you a boy as in Atlanta that's nice Don't tell me there's a box full of there's a basket full of chocolate outside that you found. Leftover from the Raiders game. I grabbed. What, what, a, whoa, 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 what? Well, so you, wait, wait. You went to the Raiders game on Sunday. Today is Wednesday. You saved food in your coat pocket, and now you're eating. Not it? my
2: coat pocket. My backpack pocket, because oh jeez, I had I, a. This ba- is less all over. Here. I had a bag of peanut.
1: Eminem. Oh, no, that, this is you are less. You're the you're the Gentile version of Les Shapiro. Can I tell you why? Because he and he had a bag.
2: I mean, if I ever embrace religion, I'll go. Full, I, I will join the tribe if you'd like me. No, to. it has nothing to do with being mm-hmm.
1: Jewish. Um, Les, and I don't know if you remember this. This was with mm-hmm. Logan. This is when Ronnie did the show. Les had a briefcase, not a briefcase, but like a satchel. And, and you would think I'm exaggerating when I tell you this. He would have peanuts that he got on the Southwest Airlines flight yeah. from a year and a half prior. Now, you're not so bad. It's only, you know, three been, days. But here's the thing. Like, I literally brought this because I, I, I grabbed
2: it and I didn't have it during the game. I'm like, oh, well, you know what? If I need a snack that evening, that it'll
1: be a nice little snack. What right? did you have? Peanuts? Peanut m ms you got them from the raiders game yes
2: yeah but there- i didn't have them sunday and then yeah. i was i didn't go grab my backpack to go anywhere the last couple of days because i was a i was under an abundance of caution as a shut in so then i was hungry i didn't have lunch today
1: you should have a snickers it really satisfies
2: yeah well peanut m&m satisfies and, too and if you're not going anywhere for a while yeah yeah it's good that's that's really good by the way you should do marketing for them so I was thinking
1: comedy yeah during the Apparently, that's not good. during the
2: commercial <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're still here?
1: And I just had a few. Mace, hold on. Stay right here. I yeah. got to show you something. All right. It's actually in the lobby. Yeah. Okay. I'm going out to the lobby. He's going
2: to the lobby, ladies and gentlemen. Eric Goodman. Let's all go to the lobby. Look at this. And he says, hey. A whole basket full of chocolate. I don't, thanks. I don't need that. I have what I need, but thank you. A whole basket full of chocolate. And I never would have, okay. I never would have thought that was for everyone to grab a... Is. If B, you have tested like negative, now you, can, again. now you can put your greasy little hand in there. But what if other people have put their hands in there who have tested who have it and don't know it?
1: That's a good point. Yes. Hey, hey listen, I wanna, I'll, stick, I'll stick with my
2: bag that has only been with me and my negative testing right. self for the last 72 hours. That's for the last hermetically 66 sealed. 66 hours. It's hermetically
1: sealed and has traveled time zones with you. Yes. Good for and you. And it was
2: very good. By the way, the Raiders have a great spread now. Remember the sack lunches we get at halftime in Oakland? They were awful. Yeah, they're gone. No now more. they have
1: peanut M and M's that you can take. with. They you. even
2: had green chili to put on your hot dog if you want a hot dog. Wow! But I went for the, uh, I went for the, um, tofu and uh, impossible sausage burrito. Wow! Which was
1: breakfast burrito, which was actually excellent. I, I don't, I've never had tofu, and I have no interest in trying it. Yeah, it was really good. Okay. I want to tell you about Impact Commercial Real Estate. Would you like to hear about it? I'd love to. I'm going to tell you about Heather Taylor and her team at Impact Commercial Real Estate. She has a nine person team. They think out of the box, they're creative. Uh, the real estate services are great because they're going to find a way to get your deal done. They are not cookie cutter at all. Finding the right location for your business is so important whether you're buying, you're leasing, you're selling. Go with the team that is ranked in the top 10 in the Denver metro area for commercial real estate brokers. Go to impactcommercial.co. That's impactcommercial.co. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why
0: does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service. And they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to mightyph.com.
1: All right, I teased it going into the break. Yesterday, we did our national top five stories of the year today we're doing local because we don't have a show tomorrow or on friday i teased it by saying i have my list we'll start at five and work our way up my main criteria for uh, for a local story is mm-hmm. how long are the legs yeah how long are the legs and is it a significant story but how long are the legs how often did we talk about this on the show well, then it's pretty obvious what I think number one's going to be. Okay, and I would agree. We'll, we'll get there. So let's start with what is number five?
2: <sighs> Avs fall short in the playoffs, and the reaction is Grubauer out, Darcy Kemper in net.
1: There we go. That's what I had as well. I told you, I don't, I don't know if you honestly could convince me to not only change my list, but even change the order of it. Avalanche sweep the blues in the opening round when the first two games against Vegas, then they got swept in the final four. What's number four for you?
2: The dysfunction atop the Colorado Rockies, specifically Dick Montfort, moving on from Breidich and then promoting from within with Bill Schmidt.
1: That's not what I that's not even on my list. Well, you
2: said. What's what came up most often. And I wanted to include every team in Denver in every one of the big four in Denver is
1: in this. And uh, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. To me, that's not even the biggest Rocky story. Okay. Number four is Jamal Murray tearing his ACL, which cost them the playoffs last year in terms of potentially going deep. And then it has cost them this season as well. Long legs. That's number four on my list. Number three.
2: Nikola Jokic being the MVP that it seems like the world outside of Denver
1: can't appreciate. Jokic, to me, had a great year. He had an MVP season. But that's not number three on my list. And I would not replace Jokic with the Avs because everyone— The Avs were the favorites to win the Stanley Cup, and dink it out of the second round again. Jamal Murray's torn ACL to me was a bigger story than Jokic winning the MVP. Because Murray like, was
2: my number six. Okay.
1: To me, number three is Fangio and Shermer's job security, because that's all we have been talking about. Every week this seems to come up. I originally had Pat Shermer, but I'm thinking I have to throw in Vic Fangio. This story has really long legs, and every week the offense doesn't play well, we are bitching about Pat Shermer. Whenever Fangio throws a challenge flag or mismanages the clock or suddenly out of timeouts or going into halftime with three, we talk about that as well. And this is my
2: number two, is the, coach, is the, the job security for the Broncos coaching staff as a whole from Sher- from Fangio to Shermer, to really the whole staff.
1: So your number one is probably Teddy versus Drew. Yes. Okay. I cannot believe you missed the biggest Rockies story. The Rockies traded Nolan Arenado. That is all tied up to the ownership. No! It is. No, no, no. no it no, is. No, no, no. no, 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 no. It is. Then why don't you just say number five is Rockies and number four is Nuggets. So what I
2: put is Rockies dysfunction. Trading Nolan Arenado no,
1: is. That was an independent move. No, it was, to
2: me, firing. The fact
1: that it's dysfunctional no, from the top down. I, I, Nolan Arenado
2: no. does not want to be a Rocky. All the roads lead back to the same point, which is that you have somebody who owns the team. I get it. Who is really incapable of of owning a Major League Baseball team because he's incapable of making the decisions that need to be made, the hard choices. But
1: here's the thing, okay? There's
2: no faith in Dick Monfort as an owner
1: and no faith in the organization. Outside of two of the last 15 years, you could just put Dick Monfort on your list of five every single year.
2: How often was Dick Monfort having a press conference like the one that he did?
1: Which one? the the one the one the day they trade arenado no no the the press conference to me was the day they signed arenado in which he was weeping on how excited he was and it was such a big deal to him we could to me we can take dick Montfort and talk about all of his decisions to me firing brightich is its own separate story him hiring bill schmidt Talking about Montfort is its own separate. These story. are, but to
2: me, these are all part of the same overarching story. I
1: understand that, but then you can also say well, you
2: and I attack this from different perspectives. You attack like you're trying we, to group it no, all in. No, but we you're, talked you're, you're about you're but trying but this, to make no, a top five list and make it a top this, ten list, but cramming it into top five. This came, for, but this came up yesterday that you were thinking of specific stories. I'm thinking of oh of. Collectives of how these stories are actually are actually kind of collective stories, like mental health and athletics. That is a collective story. No, no, and That I, does involve a soccer. But I, but I, but another, but I you know.
1: agree yeah. with that. You said Jokic MVP. That is a separate story. But uh, it's, a,
2: it, but it's also a story it, to me. Part a part of the story. It's not just that he's the first Nuggets MVP. It's that he is the MVP. That outside of this market nobody who nobody who isn't a number cruncher can under, can seem to understand or wrap their arms around the notion of
1: Jokic being an MVP. Okay. To me there are subsets. I can find three things for the nuggets. Number 1, I cannot believe, I still cannot believe they gave Michael Porter Jr. an extension this early. That to me is its own separate I mean that's story. in the top 10 if we talk if we that, go That that to me is, the is the a line. separate nuggets story. Jamal Murray ACL separate story. Jokic MVP, separate story. Fangio Shermer, separate story.
2: And then we didn't even get to John Elway leaving the stage. That's in, that's in the second five
1: here. Yeah, but but we knew he was leaving. There, there's nothing anything new about that. Well, we knew we he announced that he was leaving. His contract was up. No, his contract is up next year. Okay, he's <laughs> well. The, the, to me, that's not a top. That's five why three. he's
2: still around.
1: That's why he's still around. I got you. Is that he's serving out his contract? We we can sit and complain about Dick Monfort all day, and I'm with you on that because you could say, how about? Not doing a compensatory pick for John Gray. That's what I mean. All of it is part, to me, all of it is part of so, the same story that will not go away. But it's not going to. So every So next year when we do this, you might as well just write Dick Monfort and then talk about all well, of you're this. You're the one who built. said, hey, what's, these stories
2: have legs. You know, Dick Monfort being the ultimate source of the chaos and the. I mean, I think the the word to describe the, the Rockies organization from a baseball perspective is just is oh, oh. is stasis because it's not because it doesn't move in any direction. It just sits there. Like I've like I said, when the train deadline passed and nothing happened. 29 other franchises in Major League Baseball had a direction. Either they were building up to try to make a run, or they were tearing down and and recouping assets to build their system and develop a future contender. And the Rockies were the one team that didn't have a direction. They just stood there. They've
1: never had a direction. But that's not my point. But they've, th- they've
2: had directions of making deals at the deadline
1: before, okay, but hold either on. to try to contend
2: or to try to get some prospects. This year, they did Bubka's.
1: I, I understand. In
2: part because I'll, they didn't have a GM at the time I'll tell- and because they had an interim GM. And it all, that all went back to Dick Monfort. Alt- ultimately, the buck stops with him. I'll
1: tell you why Nolan Arenado trade needs to literally stand on its own. Because give me another trade of Arenado's caliber that did not happen at the trade deadline. This was historic. That's how big this trade was. You're talking about a guy who's a future Hall of Famer in his prime, not at the trade deadline. That hasn't happened. and That's right. You of all people who know more about sports than I have probably forgotten, okay? Or the other way around. You have to look this up and that's my point. That's why this stands alone. Of everything that has happened, this is the biggest screw up for Montford, period. Of everything that has happened, this stands alone in baseball history and in Montford history. That's why this stands alone. That's why I think we are doing this moment a disservice by grouping him in, by grouping everything that Moffat has done wrong. This thing is the bell cow winner. Then it's this, the then shining
2: star on the hill. Then you could argue the only reason we, the only reason to me that we're not talking about this being number one, then, and you're, it's because this is a Bronco town and, that's a right. Quarterback discussion drives the narrative. Well, well it, no matter, it, it no does. What.
1: It does. But unfortunately, you can make the case. We've had a quarterback competition essentially for the last six years outside of Driscoll Lock, And a quarterback competition is always a big story. This is one of the biggest trades for a player of that caliber non-trade deadline. In baseball, in baseball over the last twenty. But to me, the, st- it, the,
2: but to me years. the story is why is it's the call like why did it happen?
1: No, no, I, well, I and I under- and it and it all comes
2: back to the Mace, same Mace, thing,
1: Mace, and that's why to me it's all together. Okay, this Arenado was the top story, to me was the second biggest story in Denver. Your Montfort story is the same story every single year. It doesn't mean you, it's not a big story. You're just, you're, I mean, if we want you're to, you're just we, adding. All you're doing is is you are just adding new things that he screwed up. It doesn't the mean the headline. A story is can a story can last for
2: years. I mean, mm-hmm. COVID was a big story in 2020. Yeah. It doesn't mean it wasn't a big story in 2021. All of a sudden, sometimes these yeah, things. Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. the Dick Montfort idiocy has legs. Over multiple years, it has legs since he bought the team. Again, we weren't talking about this when they were going when they were going to the World Series, or when they were contending for four, playoffs.
1: Four years of what, yeah. listen, listen. Let's not nitpick here. Okay, let's not nitpick here. Since 2010, it's 2021. Outside of two years, you could put Dick Montfort and put all of his mistakes below it and say it's a big story. But you could also say this was his story. But you could also
2: say this is the year that you had far more of it because you had the Arnado trade, because you had the issues with Brightish's GM. And then ultimately, when you needed a GM, you decided to to not look far and wide and look down the hall. The Brightish story? And Trevor Story not trading him and not giving a qualifying offer to John Gray and seeing him walk for nothing. Add all, all of it comes back to the same source and that's why to me it is the
1: it is one story. Add all of those other three things all the, those other three things up, Gray story, firing Brightish and hiring Bill Schmidt, all four combined don't equal trading Nolan Arenado. They don't. But they all have the same root cause. Every year, they all have the same root cause. That
2: doesn't, again, that doesn't mean it's not a story well, year I, to year.
1: Okay, well, if the story again, is... You, did Dick you and I just perceive this yeah. from different you, sets of eyes. So next year, it's going I'm, to be Dick Mofford screws up again, then you're going sure, to give your list. Sure, yes. Again. Until it goes away, it's a story. Nine of the last 11 years, this has been the same story. Yeah, until it goes away, it's well, a story. Well, he's, te- he's not selling the team. He's not selling so the team. So this is going to remain a story, there,
2: whether you like it or there not. There
1: you go, but this one was Historic. Trading Nolan Arenado. Coming up after the break, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Gambling Challenge with our friends Ty, Calcade, and Evan from the Just Us Guys podcast. Ah, hey. We'll talk about who's going to win the game and are we giving points, meaning are we taking the points for the Broncos? That's next.
0: You can run the again. drive with goodman and mason presented by silter Harmazda. a no pressure buying experience in broomfield at silter Harmazda. find them at sthmazda.com. live from the sasquatch casino and wildcard casino sports desk here's eric and andrew
1: welcome back afternoon drive goodman mason watch us mileisports.com you can reach us rocky mountain forest products twitter feed at mace denver at eric goodman if you're looking for hotel if you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public go to rmfp.com time now for what's trending what's trending is presented by impact real estate
0: impact real estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact
1: go to impactcommercial.co Okay, Mace, Broncos against the Chargers on Sunday as the Broncos hoping to move their record to 8-8 eight and eight on the season. With that, for FanDuel Sportsbook, the Broncos are getting 5.5 points against the Chargers on Sunday, a Broncos team that really picked apart the Chargers the last time these two teams played. You like the Broncos with the points? I like the Broncos to keep it close, as, as
2: Jimmy the Greek might say. Give me Chargers by a field goal. So I'm taking the Broncos, and I'm taking the points.
1: So you're taking the Chargers to win, but you're taking the points. Yes. Yeah, the Chargers have something to play for, and I'll be very curious to see how the guys react, knowing that, they're cha- that they could be knocked out of the playoffs before this game even starts. So that might even shift the point spread. What if the Broncos are knocked out yeah. before the and game And then
2: ends? there are further COVID uh, issues, of course. The Chargers had for had Chris Harris Jr. among three players who went on the COVID list on Monday, but that means they could be cleared and playing on Sunday. Derwin James returned to practice Wednesday. Yep. Joey Bosa activated from the COVID list right. on Wednesday, right. so they're going to get Bosa back. The Broncos, of course, they had four players test positive on on Wednesday. They're including Tim Patrick. None of them. Can be back by the time the game comes. And so we'll see if there are further issues and absences, but I'm gonna take the uh, Broncos to beat this bread, but the Chargers to win straight up.
1: Me too. Over under 45 and a half. Uh give me the under on and, this one. And I'll take the over on this. Chargers defense isn't very good. I understand how mm-hmm. good Bose is. I understand how good James is. I get that. But overall their defense is not very good. Um
2: and the Broncos offense isn't very
1: good either. No, you're right. All right.
3: Guys, <laughs> what do you think?
1: <laughs> Danny, what do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it?
3: The Nuggets held on to win a close one last night in San Francisco, and they're playing the Warriors again pretty soon. Also, you guys mentioned earlier the college football playoff semifinals on Friday. So we'll take a look at those two matchups and get your thoughts on Michigan, Georgia, and Cincinnati, Alabama. That's all next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.
0: Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew.
1: Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mays denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word.
0: The final word is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it, Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville. Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store
3: in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Nuggets barely escaped from San Francisco last night with a win 89-86, to holding the Warriors to their lowest point, point total this season. Denver plays Golden State again this week, tomorrow night at Ball Arena. What will it take for Nikola Jokic and the Nuggets to beat the team with the NBA's best record twice in three days?
1: Well, Jokic has to play well again. Uh, They might have to hope that Draymond Green isn't playing. And uh, they got to find a way not to blow a 24-point lead where they don't make it as close as it really needed to be. Defensively, they did a very good job, a very good job on Steph Curry. But you know what? I hope every national person was watching the game. I really do. Steph Curry's a great player; he's a Hall of Fame player, first ballot Hall of Fame player. But head to head, who is better? Jokic by far. Sorry, he just was. And the other thing is, just as as talented as the Warriors are,
2: they're when they shoot under thirty five percent from three point range, you are going to have a chance to get at them. And you know, this is one of those things where sometimes the shots aren't falling, and for a team. That is more outside in, like the Warriors. It was an opening for the Nuggets, and they and they ran through it, built up enough the lead. And I'm I'm not really going to fault the Nuggets for nearly losing the lead because, you know, th- that's kind of part and parcel of where this team is. Took right. a big lead. It's not as talented, it's not as deep as the Warriors, and they had to kind of hang hang on by the skin of their teeth. Right. They did good for them. If they don't build up that kind of lead on Thursday, it probably goes a lot differently.
3: Just in case you missed it on this date, in 2001, Michael Jordan scored the final 50-point game of his career when he put up 51 for the Washington Wizards. Now, a lot of guys have gone to other teams late in their career, and sometimes it just doesn't look quite right, them in a different jersey. Michael in the Bulls jersey, for me a big one is Phil Rivers in a Colts jersey. I've kind of gotten used to Tom Brady in the Buccaneers jersey. Who is a player who has moved teams late in their career and you never quite got used to them in that second uniform? Johnny Unitas. Now, I didn't watch him,
1: but but to see him in a Chargers uniform, that was really bizarre.
2: Yeah, Johnny Unitas, Chargers, Joe Namath, Rams at the end of his career. I think how you feel about that depends on the level of accomplishment, right? Yeah. Tom Brady could retire after this season. And yet, because he got to the Bucks to a Super Bowl and won it and was MVP, I don't think it's going to be perceived as strange. You were around Kansas City when Joe Montana... Yeah, that was a
1: little... You know what? Yeah, It's funny you should say that, because I remember sitting at his introductory press conference, and I'm like, oh my God, Joe Montana's in the room, right? And I was 24, I was a little bit more awestruck. But watching him play that first game in... The regular it,
2: season, it was in Tampa
1: watching him play the first game in the chiefs colors yeah was like wow that just looked very odd to me yeah no. it was
2: funny it looked odd but then when you saw him go back to pass and he was the same joe montana he had been before yeah d- slicing and dicing up an opponent it's like okay yeah it kind of it kind of makes sense but th- at the same time it, he was only there two years they only got as far as the afc championship whereas for example marcus allen That seemed odd at first. Marcus Allen was on the same team as as Joe Montana. But he stayed there five years and actually had a renaissance in Kansas City because out he'd gone he was basically being frozen out by Al Davis. And so Marcus Allen with the Chiefs looked that came to look normal. Right. In a way that Joe Montana and the Chiefs jersey did not.
3: Just in case you missed it, the college football playoff semifinals on Friday, as you alluded to earlier, you guys might be watching these games or at least part of them together. The Cotton Bowl between number four, Cincinnati, and number one, Alabama, 1.30 p.m. Mountain Time, and the Orange Bowl featuring number three, Georgia, number two, Michigan, 5.30 p.m. here in Colorado. What are your predictions for how the college football playoff semifinals play out?
2: It's going to be an all SCC final, I'm afraid. Yeah. Georgia wins. Yeah. Alabama wins. I think Georgia wins kind of a, a slobber knocker type of game. They it's Their defense is the toughest one that Michigan has seen. I think that ends up being like 17, 14, 20, 17. And as much as I would love Desmond Ritter to take the game by the throat and lead Cincinnati on upset of Alabama, I think – He'll play well, but Alabama has too much overall talent relative to Cincinnati, and Alabama ends up winning by two scores.
1: Yeah. It's pretty kind of hard to argue with that. I want to see Michigan win. I would love to see Cincinnati win.
2: Michigan and Cincinnati as a championship be fun, yeah. and I think also it would be fun to see teams outside of the SEC battling for a title. I think that outside of the of the Southeastern Conference, I'd say almost everybody is rooting for Michigan and Cincinnati. And also, yeah. a, probably aside from like Ohio State, because Michigan and Cincinnati in a championship game is sort of a nightmare for Ohio State. Looking north and looking south, southwest, right. and seeing and seeing those two teams playing for a title. And you know what? If it's a nightmare for Ohio State, that's great. So another reason to root for Michigan and Cincinnati. Yeah.
3: SEC so far is 0-4 in bowl games, so maybe it's just not their year, but I have a suspicion that you gentlemen are correct, and we will be seeing that rematch between Alabama and Georgia. Uh, Let's keep it in college football as bowl season continues, a bowl season racked by COVID as uh, much of sports is right now, unfortunately. The Valero Alamo Bowl tomorrow night between Oregon and and, or tonight, not tomorrow night, excuse me, I wrote this question yesterday. the Al- Alamo Bowl between Oregon and Oklahoma, the number 14 Ducks, number 16 Sooners. Both of these teams lost their head coaches after the regular season. Oregon's new head coach is going to be Dan Lanning, the Georgia defensive coordinator. Oklahoma's new head coach, Brent Venables, the Clemson defensive coordinator. They won't be the coaches tonight, but looking to the future for these two programs, they're pretty good. Programs in college football, a lot of tradition and a lot of notoriety around NCAA football. Which program is best set up for the next few years?
2: Oregon. You've got uh the bottomless financial reservoir that is Phil Knight uh funneling money into the program. Oklahoma, I think they'll be okay in the short term still in the Big Twelve, but if they get to the SEC, I think they're headed for a reckoning that of being in a conference that they can't be the kingpins of the in the way they've been the kingpins of the Big 12 over the last decade or so. Uh, Oregon, I think that that's a that's a really good job. And I think they'll continue, and I think they'll that'll continue being a successful program. I think Oklahoma, as they get in the SEC, they're going to start looking at some seven and five type seasons. By the way, in, in this game, you've got you've got You got three players who opted out for Oregon. Two more starters are in the transfer. Another starter's in the transfer portal. Oklahoma has four starters opting out of this game. And so it's not just the coaches. This game is kind of a mess. Even though it's 14 versus 16, it's not nearly as attractive as it should have been.
1: Yeah. I really can't argue with that either. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to be as non-arguable with you as possible. Why? I want to end the year on a really good note.
2: Well, you, you could have said something though about Oregon to illuminate. I of, like their
3: uniforms. I have a friend whose you, son goes there.
2: You like the uniforms?
3: Yeah, they're different. You like the duck egg ones they wear that look like they're kind of paint I spattered. Like, I like the helmet. I like the I like the green with the O on it.
2: I like yeah. I when they go old school. I like I like the the uniforms where they have the orange socks, and they look like basically yep. it's it's like Donald Duck from head to toe. And I like any Argon uniform that puts the Donald Duck logo on the helmet. And they do that from time or on the sleeve. And they do that from time to time, which is strictly throwback. But that is a that's a great logo. Wish they used it more often.
1: All right, that was Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it. If you are in the market for new appliances in 2022, there's only one place you should go, and that is Mountain High Appliance. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Uh, Their sales staff, they ask you all the right questions to get you exactly what you want. So if you need to upfit your entire kitchen or you need something to fit your budget, they are the ones to help you out. They're the best in the business. Go to Mountain High Appliance. Coming up after the break... ESPN's Bill Barnwell put something out there, having nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, but another quarterback who the Broncos could be interested in if Wilson and Rodgers don't come here. Who is it? I'll give you a hint. He's led his team into a Super Bowl and he's a five-time Pro Bowler. That's next.
0: And in fact, I Strictly from the Dan and from me, myself, and I. I.
2: Be my son.